0: Hi, this is Evie. And this is Chantel. And this, this is Married, Married to PTSD. PTSD. So it took us a while. We've It's been a little bit of a break. We'll just pretend like it was like a Thanksgiving break. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So also, I do want a disclaimer. We are not licensed anything. No. Like we're not licensed doctors, therapists, nothing. We pretend to be. <laughs> and I'm also an investigator and I'll get to that later. Um. So the other morning, I woke up. And six thirty-five a.m., and we got our very first email. Like, we're like, yeah, so exciting. So obviously, I screenshot it and sent it to Evie, (laughs) and this is like your six thirty a.m. I'm like, is this real? Is this this real? So exciting. So we want to. We did get permission from her, and we want to read her email. Um, And we are just gonna call her Indy for this episode. The cool thing about it is that I was able to track down exactly how she found out about us because I want to know, like, we want to know the details. We want to know how you found about us or where you heard about us, where you found out about us, whatever. So I had messaged her back. We'll read her email, but I messaged her back like this is after this. um, And she said that there is an amazing Facebook group that is called PTSD and military spouses. So, of course, I get on that, and I request to be a part of it because I've never heard of it. So, that's super exciting for another outlet for us. Um, And then I talked to the person who actually posted about it, and we're going to call her Helen in this podcast as well. And she just said that she – it just came across her feed. She was Googling or on podcast and looking up, like, combat – PTSD stuff and our podcast showed up. Yeah. So she shared it. Lots of views. Lots of exciting things. And then people started contacting us. So we just want you to know again, like you please reach out to us. We know what you're going through. People know what you're going through. And we can either point you in the right direction or try to help or just give you a listening ear. So for this one, um, Evie is going to actually read this email from Indy so that way we can just tell her story also.
1: Right. Um, read it
0: from there. Yep.
1: Okay. So this is from Indy and It says, thank you for your podcast. I'm enjoying your podcast so much that I felt the need to reach out to you, um, to, to thank you. And I was like, yes. Uh, I had to read it like a million times. So I was so excited. A little, um, of the background is my husband is an army combat veteran with PTSD. We met in 2015 in our mid forties and married a year later in July, 2016. I did not know he had PTSD, Uh, I didn't, I don't think he did. I don't think he knew either. He had spent some time as an inpatient for alcohol abuse right before we met. I learned about that probably close to two years later. I only knew he didn't drink, which he did not tell me right away. Um, we are a blended family. We have a total of seven children. Um, he has five and I have two, uh, and they range from eight to 19. I first discovered the PTSD after a July 4th gathering at a friend's house. He didn't want to go. He sat alone away from everyone. I didn't get it. I was just angry about his attitude. A few days later, something came up in either my email or a Facebook feed about military-related PTSD. I read the signs and a bell went off. He eventually sought therapy through the VA for about six months after I insisted he talk to someone. My husband is very quiet, patient, and rarely has outbursts, but he isolates himself. Excluding himself from everyone. He has his episodes about every two weeks where he isolates himself more and more in the basement and is just plain grumpy. Which just happens to be on the weekends we have all the kids. I wonder if the chaos and loud children bring it on. Every few months is when he gets bad episodes where he may sleep all day, uh, is completely unapproachable, and describes himself as just being in a funk. He'll then say he wants a divorce, it's just not working, he's not feeling it with me anymore, and typically blaming a kid's messy room. I always make excuses for him, for his actions, and recently realized that I'm an enabler of his actions. I take on everything, finances, home repair, cleaning, cooking, the kids, everything I can to avoid any triggers. I don't have any friends who understand. Typically, the typical reaction is, how do you deal with that? Why don't you just leave? I would never take that. Well, I'm an only child and my parents are no longer with us, so I really don't have anyone to talk to about this. I follow a couple of Facebook groups, but the few times I've posted, it's typically the same reaction. I was in the same situation and left, or just sorry, I'm in the same situation and I don't have any answers. I recently watched a video talking about veterans staying in their safe zone, which made me realize the basement is his safe zone. The games are his escape from reality. Rather than thinking he's just staying down there to avoid me, he's actually in his safe zone. So the last few evenings, I've gone to the basement to sit with him and have noticed a big change. He's happy and talking to me. A question that I have is how do you explain to someone that PT, PTSD is real? I, I love his mother dearly, but she doesn't understand his PTSD and thinks it's made up. And says, thank you and many blessings. Indy. So, so many things hit home on that. Um, Number one, thank you for sharing um, a relatable story to people that are listening. Uh, Some of those things are relatable for me, um, and some of them aren't. Like, my husband is not an isolator. I know several friends now whose husbands are. Mine would be the angry outbursts. Um, But I, I haven't heard of either... Anything other than an isolator or an angry outburst.
0: Have you? No, I think that really those are like the two I know, I keep ones. waiting but for also, something else. Yeah, but maybe there's something too that people aren't really realizing. Maybe. Because it's not the extremes. Yeah. Um. So one of the cool things I thought that Indy did was she went into his safe zone. Yeah. I mean, anything could have happened, but she was brave enough to take that chance to see what would happen. And then she said, I've been emailing her, you know, back and forth, and she said... You know, she was down there just wrapping Christmas presents, and she realized like how um, easy it was just to talk to him because like he's like in his space and she's doing her own thing and he's looking at her more, and because that's where he feels comfortable. And she went into his zone, which is awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't even. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you would think that like that's his spot, like leave him alone. But she had the know-with-all that. To try it. To try it, yeah. I mean, that could have went either way. So, um, one of the things she would also said was, um, she wants him to be able to, like, hear her out, but it's kind of hard because you never know which way it's going to go. And so I suggested, well, why don't you either suggest just listening to the podcast because he can kind of see that, you know, it's not just him. It is everybody else or whatever. And she's like, well, I don't think that he would do that. Okay, so game changer. What if you're, like, cooking dinner? And you have it playing on, like, the Alexa. Yeah. And so you're, like, not playing it for him, but you're listening, and then he might pick up pieces and words and stuff and be like, oh, wait, what are you listening to, babe?
1: Um, Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. I know a tactic that uh, my husband does to help other vets, um, because we now have spouses calling us saying, Mm -hmm. hey so-and-so is struggling. Can you please help him? And he never approaches it like, hey, your wife said you're struggling (laughs) because he knows that's a disaster because he would hate for that to happen to him. So he approaches it like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Could you do this with me? Or I'm struggling with, could you listen? So maybe even that approach with, hey, I'm struggling. Can you help me? Instead of throwing it at them like they have a problem. Right, yeah. Like, I need you to listen to this. I'm struggling and I think this would help me. What do you think?
0: Right, yeah, that's good. Um, we were talking to, so I had been messaging with another spouse from that Facebook page. Um, and we're going to call her Helen. And so she literally just messaged me now and said that she just got her husband to listen to the entire podcast. <laughs> really? With, with this suggestion of just starting to play it. Yeah. So oh, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, it works. So <laughs> so, listen to that indie. Just do it. <laughs> just start playing it while you're cooking. It's fine, um, but it's just so hard because like a lot of a lot of these stories, and I know we lived through it, is alcohol induced, and yeah. so it's hard to be like, listen, you have a problem. Yeah, definitely. No, it's alcohol. Like, no, you have to be able to talk about it, and you have to be able to get through the hard parts before you can make it over that mountain and let me tell you
1: there are different um phases in your life with this I'm telling you five years ago I would have never approached him and said hey I'm struggling with this I think you got problems or something we weren't at that point no he would have blown up it would have been horrible um so you gotta you have to read your situation I mean now I can kind of if he's like in I know I'm walking on eggshells that day. I'm yeah. probably not gonna bring anything up, and then slowly, when he's getting out of whatever it is, I could bring something up. That's the point we're at. Like he would listen to it five years five years ago, no way. Yeah. He no. was not about to listen to anything I had to say about it.
0: Yeah, and I mean we've talked about it too. like ours has just been like baby steps. Mm-hmm. like I'll say something in front of somebody because I, I do remember a f- years ago, maybe like maybe ten years ago or something. I had his phone, and we had people over for, like, a barbecue or something, and his alarm was going off, and I was like, what the heck? Why does it say crazy meds? And he was pissed, obviously, oh, no. because I wasn't thinking about yes. what it said and what it meant, and then I just said it out loud, and he was pissed. Yeah. But now I'd be like, yep, got to take him. Otherwise, no. right. I'm going to lose my shit. Like, there's literally no way around it. Like, so we, and I know, like, the two, the two wives that I've talked to, um, they're different in, one's medication, one's not, one's therapy, one's trying to get into therapy, or one's only gone, like, a few times. But it's just that persistence. Like, you have to keep going. Another big problem is that we face with the VA. Yes. It's not just us. It's everybody. So you guys are not alone. Um, It's not consistent. Because, like, we had this great doctor for 10 years, and then he moved. These guys had... um, One of the wives had a great source of um, like in like their doctor situation or whatever um, for two years and now they're leaving. So it's like, how do you start all over? And we don't know the answer to that. Like, how do you start all over again with a new doctor? Like you have to tell your story over and over again. When we were, when Josh was shot, he's fine. He's good. But when he was shot, we were in DC for about six months, but that's a training hospital at Walter Reed. So at the training hospital, a new doctor would come in every time. And with that, they had like five or six people following them because it's a training Mm -hmm. hospital. And so every single time that somebody came in, we would have to tell Josh's story again. Like what happened, where he was, like how long it took to do this, and then what happened after that. And he was done. Mm -hmm. Like he just gave up after that. And so there's... I mean i don't have a solution for that i don't know if there's something that they can do better we're in the process right now of changing doctors because we had moved from um, our va in columbia missouri to osage beach seabock we were there two weeks and the doctor sent a letter that he's leaving Mm -hmm. so now we put in to go back to another doctor back in columbia because it's just more consistent for us Randy's
1: is uh just not enough. It's too few and far between. He's been doing yeah. it for years now mm-hmm. and it's like we're lucky if it's once a month. And I'm like, that's not enough for yeah. like I feel like he would be so much more successful. If it was more. Yes. 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 And so the VA does not have it down, people.
0: No. And but also like maybe they do and but they're just so overwhelmed maybe. with the amount of vets that they have. Um, we have been going through um Like, we're fighting his um, status, like, he's 90%, and so we're going with that right now. And so we had talked to this amazing doctor over Zoom the other day for his um, PTSD comp. He was amazing, but he's not a VA doctor. He Mm -hmm. is um, subcontracted from LI or LHI, which is, like, somebody, like, another company that does the stuff for the VA, and then Mm -hmm. they send it to the VA. And so it's like, can you just be our doctor? And he's like, I just do claims. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But I did send him our link to our podcast because I was like, listen, if you ever have wives that have questions, like, here's our information. Like, it's a resource that you can just send. Send it to anybody. Like, or just be like, like, if you're talking to a wife and she's like, I don't know where to go, just give her a link. She can hopefully find just
1: some kind of normalcy. Some like just knowing that it's not just you. I lived this alone for so many years. And I know there are so many out there that are. uh, And I definitely wanted to get another podcast in before Christmas because Mm -hmm. this was one of my worst holidays. I'm like, oh, it's going to go bad because it's out of his routine. And it took me forever to figure out it was the routine thing. I'm like, he just hates holidays. He just wants to mess them all up.
0: Um, (laughs) I don't know. So it's really funny that you said that because... I was actually talking to Helen about this. Um, she said her husband intentionally sabotages every holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's how and I felt. And I was like, for a I was like, Well, what do you mean? And I was like, wait, I like I get it because when Josh, like before whenever he was in his drinking stage, he literally and I I thought it was just like him just being off or something, but he literally went drinking the night before every single holiday. Not even thinking about it, apparently, yeah. you know, but maybe subconsciously he was. And he would come home, like, I'd be Christmas Eve, wrapping presents by myself, trying to get the tree ready, everything all by myself, putting the last-minute toys together. And he'd be rolling in at, like, 3, 4 in the morning, wasted with his friends. And I'm like, cool, I got this. Don't worry about it. And so that's exactly what Helen's talking about, though, is that he would do that. She said, it's any, any holiday, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving – And, but once that, um, once they, like, put it together, like, I think it's just, like, they know it's about to change. Like, they know, like, the next day is going to be intense. It's going to be a lot going on. It's out of their routine. And so maybe that's what it is.
1: Oh, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be drinking. Like, he would just have a horrible anger outburst every freaking holiday. And I just knew it was coming. Like, the whole family knew it was coming. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh. And so we'd have this horrible, horrible outburst, and then we're, like... People were normally crying or something, and then we're just supposed to get over it. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay,
0: we're moving on. And it was – and finally – They – people don't understand that either, though. No. Like, and
1: so, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it, it just – we finally put it together. I'm like, okay, you have, you're, like, ruining every holiday. <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, he had no clue. Yeah. Uh, and so now we prepare for it. Yeah. So I know Chantel is a huge – Advocate for meds. Yes. And we're completely (laughs) on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, And so now he just prepares for it. And most of the time we're getting through it. It's not perfect, people. It's not perfect. It's not perfect.
0: And the cool thing, though, about it is that even though, like, we're so opposite about Mm -hmm. this, is that it's fine. Like, we can still talk about it. And we get it. Like, we get the sides of it. Yeah. Um, Helen had also said that um, they had to actually separate for a few months. In order, and it's like another thing I was telling you about. Like, whenever I went to that caregiver meeting and they said, stand in a circle and throw all your stuff, like, throw all your baggage in, like, how fast are you going to go grab your baggage up? Because everybody's dealing with something different. And so once right. they realize that they need each other and that, um, their family unit's gonna work with them together, not with separate people or in separate states or separate situations.
1: Yes. Like you
0: just need to just hold on. I mean, I know that there are situations that people can't make it through and that's fine. Yeah. Like we get it, get yes. the help that you need. Yes. But there are a lot of situations that we're just such Because advocates. you just don't understand. Yeah, you don't understand. Or your spouse isn't to the point where they want to get the help. Or they don't know that they need uh, the help. Yeah, yeah. That's the hard thing too like if like i'm serious if we wouldn't have had the doctor that we had i don't know how long it would have taken for josh to realize what we needed i um
1: like I, we keep saying you know like i don't want people to think when they're hearing this podcast that my life runs so smoothly because it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't i don't we, want you to think oh we're past all the no, hurdles no. because i was just telling Chantel i think it was like a week or two ago he had to go to texas and that was change because he had to go there for uh, several days. And I thought he was going to be okay with it because it was kind of like a fun thing. But no, as the time got closer, he got a little more panicky about it. And the morning he leaves, he has this giant, angry, horrible outburst. I'm supposed to go to work in like 10 minutes. I'm crying. And it was horrible. And it was over like, clothing. Hadn't, I mean, it was just, I was just like, this is insanity. I'm living in insanity. And horrible thoughts are running through my head like, You know, I can't stand you right now. What is, I can't, I don't even know if I can be married anymore. These thoughts run through your head when you're getting, going through this explosive um, anger thing that they're throwing at you. And so I was on my way to, I think I was already at work and I got the text like, you know, I'm sorry that had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with that I was leaving and I don't want to, which was huge because five years ago that I, he wouldn't have even said anything when he came back. I would have been this horrible wreck for days. Yeah. And um he would have come back, and then it would have been like normal, but I it would have taken like five days and I would just been a hor- I would have been a wreck. So we've grown in the fact that he can recognize it and mm-hmm. say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, but we're I still have to go through those horrible, horrible, um, angry outbursts. And um, that's when people say, well, what do you do? Well, my go-to is my faith. It just yes. is. Yeah. I sometimes I don't even know the words to pray, so I just open up the Bible and read it. I don't know what else to do. I, I'm like losing my crap at that moment in time, and I, I'm at my wits' end. So I, there are sometimes it's so bad I don't even have the words to pray. I don't even know if people can relate to that. So I just start reading. And then my second thing is I have a friend who's also um, was with a, a combat veteran marine, and I that's my person. Even if it's just like I'm having a bad morning, yeah. and he just you know, it was just bad. She could just say, it's okay. And I, I don't know, for some reason that comforts me.
0: Right. Um, we, years ago, uh, I think when Olivia was a baby, she's 10 now, so about 10 years ago or so. Um, I remember like, that's kind of like the, like the beginning of the journey. Um, we had some friends, I mean, literally just from Tuscumbia. They were coming over for dinner and he lost his shit. Josh lost his shit on the way or on, like when they were on their way and so I had a message in them that I was like, "Listen, Josh is having a bad day," and they were pissed. They yeah. were like, "Listen, we already got in the car, we're already on our way, we brought food, whatever." But I know if like now it was the situation, and I was like, "Sorry, Evie, like Josh is having a bad day, like it's like sucks. get
1: it, we're turning around right now." <laughs> yeah,
0: you'd be like, "I get it, it's fine, it's fine." But like, so if you don't have people in your life with those situations, like even. I think like after the first podcast or second podcast, you messaged and you're like bad, bad day bad. Day. And I was like, same. <laughs> I know. We're not coming. It's bad. <laughs> we get it. But then it's also nice that the, that the husbands now have each other. And if they're having bad days, they can reach out to each other. And we have another friend that lives here. Um, and her, she had messaged and or another friend had said, um, listen, my husband's like not leaving. Like mm-hmm. he won't leave the house. He's having the hard times. Like, what can we do? And so I basically invited all four of us over, yeah. us and Evie and like, her husband. Hi. And so we all went over there, and it was just nice for him to, like, be in the zone and, like, talking to the guys and yeah. kind of gave it, like, put his mind at ease a little bit, I think. So it's, you just have to have that support system. And if you're on a Facebook page and that's all you have, like, you have to tell all of your soul because otherwise people aren't going to understand. Or if they just say, um... Yeah, same boat. We get it. But, and you just feel like you need more? Reach out to us. Like, we can at least help you figure out maybe, like, another line of communication. Or we can... Or sometimes it would just
1: be emailing or texting us Yes, saying, it's
0: a bad day. It's a bad we day. We totally get it. Yeah, I know with um, one of my emails to Indy, I I think it was my first one I sent her. I ended it with, Indy, you are not alone. There's so many wives like us. Mm-hmm. You heard our podcast. Evie and I have literally known each other for seven years. Right. And we had no idea that we could have been connecting and supporting each other until this last September.
1: we've known each other for seven years. Well, that's because it's such a hush-hush society. Yes. Like, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about the crazy in your home.
0: We have it, though. (laughs) We have the crazy. We have enough for you, too. So if you guys just I think it really helped Helen and Indy just to reach out and to realize that they aren't alone. And they're not. And we are more than open and willing and wanting to talk to you guys. Yes. Um,
1: and just like maybe some of the things that comfort you. Yeah. Or help you. Because I mean, everybody's different. It's like, like I said, just one little text message can make me feel better.
0: Yeah. And I'm more of a... Um, like I need a little bit more than that, but it's... Um, I mean, a text message is good too, but like, I'm like, when are you bringing the wine... What are we going to talk about?
1: Because yes, sometimes it's just therapy.
0: Yeah. You just, yes, you need that extra therapy, that extra girl time. Um, so we are very much here for you if you guys need anything or want anything or if we can help you connect to um, organizations or coalitions because we have a few of those in our back pocket as well.
1: Yes. Yes. And the holidays are here. So, oh I mean, gosh, yes. it's not going to be
0: perfect. Please it's not going to run smoothly. Message us if you need <laughs> us. We might need you. <laughs> we might need you. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, but I guess if you listen, seriously, if you guys need us, email us at married2ptsdgmail.com. Um, and I'm a really good investigator. So, I'll probably then stalk you on Facebook and then we'll become best friends. So, anytime that you guys need us, I'll find you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So until until our next podcast, we hope you have a Merry Christmas.
0: And a special shout out for Indy and Helen for yes. letting us share their stories. We really much appreciate it. And we hope that we can help a little bit. Um, so happy holidays, guys. All right. See you next time. Bye.